We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome to the Fantasy Football Report. I'm here with Hassan, as always. How's it going? Uh, you know, man, living the dream. Another another Sunday in the NFL. Everyone's uh, everyone's on mega tilt because of how unpredictable the, the these slates are now. But you know, I mean, that's just the way it goes. This is the NFL. It's week uh week ten. What did you think it was going to be? You know, I mean, I mean that, that that's the thing. I think people forget like how not clean the NFL is. Yeah. Yeah, get used to the unpredictability. It's uh, not something to complain about. It's something to embrace and to and to benefit from. Um, I mean, we can just get right into it. One of the one of the things we benefited from on on one of our teams that we managed together with uh, Pat and Pete and Ben, this Ramondre Stevenson explosion. Um, 20, 20 rushes for a hundred yards and two touchdowns. Uh, you saw it coming. You put Stevenson in at the last minute and maybe is going to propel our team to a victory this week. So, I mean, what uh, what drew you to Stevenson? I know it was looking like Brandon Bolden might be a popular play. J.J. Taylor was rumored to be starting the game. Uh, so the so the dirty little secret here about fantasy football is um, a lot of people who are out there on Twitter touting about all these like dusty old guys don't know what they're doing. Um, <laughs> like if you if you had if you had uh, watched preseason or, or watched a little bit of what Ramondre has been doing at least on his limited snaps, there's a reasonable expectation that he's still an explosive player that you want to put him in your lineups, even if he's not going to play like 100% of the snaps. Like, again, this is like the modern day NFL. Like, it's like very few running backs get that level of usage. And um, we and and because of the way we draft and because of the kind of like the profiles that we're interested in, we're interested in guys like Stevenson. So when everything works out, it works out like this. Like, like he just massively goes off. Um I just thought that he was a much better play than any of our alternatives that includes guys like Ronda Moore, Chase Claypool is out, McCole Hardman is possibly a drop candidate as well. Um, and uh, I was just not going to be putting Michael Gallup into my lineups um, just because, one, Gallup is coming off, you know, a major injury that he suffered back in week one. 
and that we didn't see him. It was supposed to be three to five weeks. We didn't see him for nine weeks. And two, like, I'm legitimately surprised that they targeted him as much as they did, uh, given that, you know, the Atlanta showed literally nothing. Um, I also am on the record stating that I think Gallup is, you know, pretty much like the wide receiver three or four over there. Like, I think he's kind of a mediocre talent anyway. Um, so like, you just aren't going to convince me to, 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 to plug him in when I can, when, when, ta- when Ramondre Stevenson doesn't have Damian Harris to contend with. I think this probably has changed a lot of the Stevenson narrative, right? Like you can see him forcing a way in to this role going forward. He's going to probably, in my opinion, play this kind of Rex Burkhead uh, role that like this offense sorely needs. Um, and I will, I, and he kind of adds like this extra level of dyna- da- dynamicism. And I think I said that wrong. So, uh, but he adds that to this offense. That's something that like the Patriots really, really haven't shown much i mean i mean damian harris is kind of a plotter back anyway um i wanted to get your thoughts like like wh- like what do you think because you were the one you know because you and i basically kind of up up bid each other and spent <laughs> like 70 percent of our available fob on him and here we and, and here we get to start him at the right time so what are your thoughts here on ramondre well my thoughts at the time when we decided to spend so much on him was that um he would be, he would get that James White role that has been so valuable in New England, and uh, that kind of never really materialized until, I mean, even even today, it didn't really like he only got this role because Harris was out, and uh, I mean, he had five targets, but um, yeah, he definitely showed at least today that he was more of a pass catching back than Harris is. So um, there's some hope that even when Harris returns, that James White role will still be uh, one that Stevenson kind of falls into anyway. Um, You know, and it's, it's more than just pass catching because, you know, with James White, they would leave him in, in uh, short yardage situations and goal line situations and let him get those touchdowns too. So it's like uh, more valuable than just, you know, third down back. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or, 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 or negative trip back. Right. Like he really mm-hmm. is going to be like Rex Burkhead in, 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 mm-hmm. in that regard. Right. Because um, I know a lot of people like Brandon Bolden, but that's also probably because um, I'm looking this up right now. I don't want to be wrong here. Yeah. Cause Brandon Bolden's a dusty veteran, right? Like that's why, cause people know the name they recognize it. So they're like, Oh, he's going to be the boring guy. No, he saw less targets <laughs> than Ramondre. And far less work, right? Maybe just a bad talent is just a guy who's, I mean, he's not because he's a bad talent because he's stuck around in the NFL this long, but he is who he is. It's not like, it's not like he is um, a guy like Raheem Mostert or a guy like Cordell Patterson who has this next level skill set that, that you need to be worried about. You know, he's been, he's been with the Patriots since 2012, since he was a UDFA. And there's nothing that suggests that there's any other team that wants him, which, you know, also suggests that there's no, there's not like, he is who he is. It's not, it's not like Raheem Mostert or, or CPAT who has this like legitimate calling card skill that required a coach and the right circumstances to unlock going forward. Um, and with, with Ramondre, we did see a lot of like, you know, negative, negative coach speak, a lot of the coaches saying he shouldn't or he's not ready or or whatever. And it's just sort of like, well, 
this is a great coaching job you guys are doing. Bang up, bang up job. <laughs> um, maybe you know. So, 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 so it is interesting because I do think I do think th- this is going to be. You know, if you've been if you've been enjoying plugging in Damian Harris, uh, you know, as sort of this like, r- r- you know, set and forget RB two, uh, it's time to start doing the forgetting and time to start scouring the waivers because uh, because Ramondre is going to be um, taking a, a, a lot of that work. Um, so, would you want to start Stevenson next week, assuming Harris is back? Uh, that's a good question, and this is where I'm going to actually throw it back to you because uh, I wanted to follow it up with Cordell Patterson's dud. Uh, he only had four rush attempts for 25 yards, and he only had two targets. He got one of those for 14 yards. Um, th- so, like, do you think like because CPAT's the other running back on this team that we're going to be choosing between? Um, so I, I wanted to get your thoughts. Uh, although I will, I will add this is this is a modified zero RB team. So we have other wide receivers in play, but I wanted to get your thoughts here on CPAT and what do you think we should be doing there? Um, so it's interesting. Next week, these two teams will play each other, actually, the Falcons and the Patriots. And we kind of saw, uh, you know, in a game, we all expected Dernis Johnson to explode. The Patriots really were able to, to kind of stop the Browns from doing anything. And, I mean, you know, the Browns offense has not looked that explosive throughout the year, but then neither have the have the Falcons. So it's almost the sort of case where you expect to see more points on the New England side. And then, uh, you know, Stevenson can benefit from a touchdown. Um, so that's a tricky that's a tricky question. I'm not sure I'm ready to if I had to choose between those two guys, I think I would still lean Patterson in a vacuum just because you know he's getting the opportunity he's getting all the targets um but but yeah Stevenson looked good so I think I'm with you I mean Dernis Johnson looked explosive today he really was the entire the Browns' offense Mm -hmm. Uh, he almost had 100 yards rushing about 60 70 yards receiving um I feel, I feel, I feel you you gotta feel bad for the Browns man like 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 poor (laughs) Baker like he just like got completely lit up um, this was this was not happening, I and mean, he's you know he's he's been through so much right now. Um, you know, conversely, Jarvis Landry, not particularly great, just not really a vi- like just sort of a. He is who we thought he would be, you know, like just sort of this unspectacular kind well, of. He's guy. way worse than we thought he would be. Well, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, like at this point, you know, dealing with an MCL sprain and, and age and everything yeah. else, like like this is just kind of what you expect, right? Um, they don't have don't know. particularly I mean, much talent there. I expected him to come in and, uh, you know, give you kind of Robert Woods type production at a seventh round cost. And I mean, well, he has been, they've both been kind of zeros. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I hesitate to say I was hoping he would give Cooper cup kind of production at a round seven cost because cup has been. Uh, so outstanding but you know going into the season it's like you look at cup you look at woods you look at landry are these guys really that different um is the question and obviously uh the the results have been very different so maybe they were i think they kind of are though right like 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 cup 
might might just have like I mean the fact that he's not injured is a big thing. Um, and I think, and I think, just have the, having like the way the coach attacks the like the way they scheme the offense is a little bit different than what than what the Browns do. The Browns really uh, believe in this uh, run to set up the pass nonsense. They love this like heavy personnel, three tight end run to set up more running. Yeah, <laughs> uh, D- David Njoku really like made a horrible play today like where he just like he should have come down with the football and he's like always come up small in those moments and 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 every time i see those low lights i'm always reminded of like just a few years ago where people were like oh the the you know david njoku and oj howard and evan ingram and like the passing tight end is here and it's gonna be a real thing and it's like it's man like you like every year rinse and repeat rinse and repeat right like it's um uh, and and a guy who I really want to bring up is someone who just yeah I don't know where he was today is T.J. Hawkinson, um, and I'm actually gonna go look this up because uh, because I don't have this in in our show notes unfortunately so this is gonna be some great radio for whoever's listening but um yeah want to know his stat line I do you got it up no I mean I have his one... stat line but he has the one target the one target <laughs> and zero catches and zero receptions. <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh, you didn't know if it was zero, zero of everything on one target or. On yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he, yeah. He's 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 losing share to Amon Ross St. Brown and Khalif and Khalif Raymond, right? Um, you know, like here's a guy who they picked in the first round who is, for all intents and purposes, theoretically should have been deployed. Like how the Falcons are using Pitts, you don't see that much out of him. Uh, you know, like. Yeah. He's losing like playing time to the seventh round, like these late round wide receivers. Like, why do teams draft tight end this early if they're not gonna if they're not gonna use them correctly? Right. Yeah. I mean, coming into this game, he's been he had been getting targets. He had been yeah. Let's see, last three games, eleven, nine, eleven, before this one, and then one. So I don't know. I don't have the stat. I mean, the snap numbers, you know, handy. I don't know if he. If he was actually not playing, but I mean, I saw a little bit of this game and he was out there. So uh, I think it's just um, uh, ugly, the ugly Lions game, running backs were doing, yeah, were doing some stuff that was pretty good. We got this guy who I've actually never heard of, Godwin Buike, who scored a rushing touchdown. Yeah, um, Jamar Jefferson was... got a touchdown. Jamar Jefferson, our boy. He there got in go. there. DeAndre so, uh, Swift, 33 carries, dude. That's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Are they trying to kill yeah, him? So, I mean, you had Goff attempting only 25 passes. Yeah. And, I mean, he honestly didn't look that great when he was throwing. So, maybe Hawkinson only getting one target is not something we should actually read too much into. Wow. But it's definitely a concern that, um, you know... <laughs> that this passing game is not working and they're not even using Hawkinson. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see the lions like basically like backing it in. Right. And tanking for the one-on-one, but like who would like the best quarterback in this class be right? Like it was Spencer Rattler and he lost his starting job. So yeah. who, you know, like, like, <laughs> like, 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 like who, could it be? Because there's not like there's not particularly 
like this is a pretty bad year to have that like early first round pick because like these are all yeah. going to be kind of mediocre quarterbacks, right? It, yeah. Like I mean, say what you want, but guys like Trevor Lawrence and Baker Mayfield and Justin Fields, they had like pristine production profiles coming out. Um, yeah, I think I mean, that's right. I don't think there's a guy like that in this class. I'm not. No. Not following the college prospects as closely as I should be, but. You know, if you get, I mean, it seems like this is what we need Travis the Maybach. Anyway. What? This is why we need this is why we need Travis Maybach. Yeah, right. I mean, it seems like they're going to get the 101 anyway at this point. Like, at this yeah. rate, they didn't lose today, but they still haven't won a game. Um, so, you know, maybe trade down and get <laughs> Uyagalale. Yeah, but like, who's going to? But who's gonna? But, who, but like, but like, who's gonna really trade a lot of assets for that position for that pick, right? Like, yeah. like, 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 always... like the one hundred and one is probably worth less this year than it has been in most in most recent years. I mean, just as yeah, the Niners, I can see that. That's probably true. Although there's always teams that will get enamored of some quarterback prospect or some some prospect. I don't know. Is uh, yeah. Is this is Drake London in this class? Uh, gonna you, want you're making Alan Johnson, Drake London. Oh yeah, USC He's, wide receiver. I've seen this movie before. <laughs> um, it looks it does look a lot like the uh, Akeem. He's a sophomore. He's got one more year. Okay, yeah. It does look like the Akeem Butler. Well, maybe not if he's a sophomore. No, he's maybe a sophomore. Won't. He could be the JJ. JJ Tega Whiteside. There you go. Oh, is he Bain. really? I gotta look that up. Bane, Bane. Um, but speaking of good wide receivers, man, it was nice to see CeeDee Lamb really kind of bounce back today. Um, oh no, you know. he isn't. He's a junior, but he's gonna miss the rest of the season with an ankle injury. Oh, uh, so then he's probably gonna come back then, or he should he should uh, declare, but he's probably gonna come back. This is like a Debo Samuel situation. I don't know. I think he's probably done <laughs> enough this year to. To you think? get a be taken in the first round, uh, yeah. But, but He's six five. Of... <laughs> yeah, they don't make them like that anymore, do they? Huh? Right, right. I mean, I mean, I, I guess, I guess we were kind of spoiled, right? Because you had Megatron, and then you had Julio and AJ Green, and then like all those guys are pristine prospects. Right. And then you had like yeah. Amari, right? Right. And you get spoiled after that. So it's very difficult for when you start doing like scouting for like prospect scouting to go back to like yeah. a lot of the like the the unknowns that we didn't have, right? Yeah. Because those been guys a long check time. all the boxes. It's been a long time since we've had a a big wide receiver who's also been productive. Um, I mean like what? You mean but like it's also fast, right? Like not just yeah. Yeah, yeah, big and fast, big athletic, a big and fast, yeah, also productive, right? Um, um yeah, because like, AJ Brown doesn't cut that because he's not fast. Yeah. <laughs> DK, DK yeah, Metcalf I mean, didn't a, cut it because he's not he wasn't productive. Because he wasn't productive, right? <laughs> <laughs> he was the closest, but I mean, like, there's a difference when you're talking a guy who's six five versus AJ Brown, who's what six two. Yeah, but I mean. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. Like, but like, the difference is, is that like, 
I don't know, man. It still goes back to the first time AJ Brown ever got a football on the NFL field where he like stiff arms a safety into the dirt, calls him yeah. over and stiff arms him. And that's just like <laughs> from that second on, like you just knew that Corey Davis was never gonna be a thing. <laughs> um uh like like I don't know, man. But like it's also like 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 Justin Jefferson, right? Like he just sort of checked all the boxes except for the speed. And, and and I still remember like uh, Matthew Friedman and and Dave Gaben discussing discussing Justin Jefferson and how he like improved from his like four eight eight forty time, and <laughs> look at him now he's like one of the best receivers in the league and he kind of broke out massively today. He caught nine of his eleven targets for one hundred and forty three yards. Uh, believe it or not, uh, those nine catches are how many times he was targeted total the last two games. Wow. Yeah. Um, the Vikings decided they wanted to actually win. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I remember. Um, well, I didn't realize it was that bad that he he yeah. had only been targeted nine times the last two games. But yeah, um, big big uh, to see him break out like this. Um, is this kind of the the point of the season in which he's going to really start ascending and Thielen is going to take a real backseat? I mean, Thielen got there today too, right? The Vikings, the Vikings realized they couldn't put their take their foot off the gas, and they just kept throwing. Yeah, so um, Thielen had five catches for sixty-five yards on seven targets. Yeah, he um, had seven targets last week too. Yeah, Thielen did right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I've you know the whole season, it's kind of been Jefferson and Thielen are almost like indistinguishable in terms of their opportunity and expected points even um but so this week like there was a big difference and i'm i'm hoping for all my jefferson shares that this is something the vikings want to keep doing i think it is man like i think that's like the biggest issue is that they're just sort of letting they're not putting the hands in the uh, they're not they're not putting the ball in the hands of their best playmaker right and and Jeff, Jefferson is very productive on very limited volume, but it doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> like 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 you know, like that's the crazy thing. It doesn't have to be that way because when you establish Justin Jefferson, it does kind of open up those holes that 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 Thielen is so good at exploiting, right? Like those, you can then move move Thielen into the area where he's uh, comfortable in those those mismatches against the linebackers and the safeties. And just doing what he used to do. Yeah. You know, it's just now, so weird. It was uh, Tyler Conklin who got both the touchdowns in this game. Yeah, and I can't on two help, targets. But, yeah. Uh, he had five targets. But, uh, yeah. I can't oh, he help. did? Yeah. He wasn't that good. He only got 11 yards. But I guess if you're getting all your targets really close to the end zone, you can't pick up a lot of yards. I mean... You know, it reminds me of back when Stefan Diggs was on the Vikings and he was yeah. on all my teams then and Kyle Rudolph was catching all the touchdowns uh, also from Kirk Cousins. So, you know, is this something that we're just we're just going to have to get used to and live with when we roster Vikings receivers? Yeah, sadly. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's just the way it goes, man. Um just it's just pain it's just pain and heartbreak there right 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Speaking of Stefan Diggs, like it took it took the Bills forever to remember that he was on the team and they, they finally <laughs> let him lose today, right? Yeah. Um uh, you know, he did he did really well. He had 13 targets, he got eight of them for 162 yards and a score. Nobody else came close to it. Um <clears throat> so it's just it's just I mean they finally realized Sanders, you can't split Sanders and Diggs' workload. You can't give them the same amount of targets. You can't give Cole Beasley seven targets and expect to win. Yeah. And 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 man, the Bills were not gonna lose to the Jags. They should have lost to the Dolphins. Like, 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 realistically, like the Bills after having that hot stretch early should have lost out like these last few games since like that L to the Titans. So, <laughs> good to see them figure it out. Good to see that they remembered that uh, that that Stefan Diggs is around and he's good at football. Um, I mean, you got to hope that they kind of keep it going, right? I mean, to be to think- be fair, hmm? I mean, yeah, you hope that they keep it going. I'm a lot of their. Uh... Points in this one. Well, actually, I didn't see this whole game, but I mean, when you put up 45 points and you win that decisively, you would hope that they kind of stick with that game plan. And I mean, you know, Diggs caught a touchdown, Rita caught a touchdown, but it wasn't like uh, it wasn't like they were passing a lot. Josh Allen only threw 28 passes, so I guess the one concern is that. Even though Diggs got his targets, he got almost half of the passes that Josh Allen threw. So that's not super sustainable. And you just hope that that uh, the Bills will keep playing up tempo, um, you know, more than they did today, even though they put up 45 points. Yeah, and, I, and I'm making it sound a lot worse than it should be for Diggs. He is like one of the like the lead, leading the league in targets. It's just nice to see him turn those targets into something else, you know? Mm. Like it's like, like it's nice to get 
this reminder that he's still here and he's still good. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, still being here and still being good, uh, Christian McCaffrey returned. Uh, he rushed 13 times for 95 yards and he caught 10 targets to 10 for 66 yards uh, as the Panthers curb stomp the Cardinals. Um, this usage is a little ridiculous for a guy who, you know, had, had a short injury scare. Um, you know, what do you think? Well, one, why do you think the Panthers continue to run him and play him despite them being so far up? Uh, you know, instead of handing it off to to Chuba Hubbard and two, like, are the Panthers a lot better now that like the Darnold era is pretty much over? Yeah, it kind of seems like it. It's it's maybe a little misleading because the the tail end of the Darnold era overlapped with a lot of games that McCaffrey missed, right? And uh, it's hard to yeah. say that having a weapon like that not on the field doesn't make a difference. I mean, McCaffrey only had 13 carries. They also gave nine to Hubbard and nine to Amir Abdullah. So it's... Uh, I did not watch the end of this game to know how those touches were split. I know last week they targeted Abdullah a lot in the fourth quarter when the game was already over. Um, so it might be the same sort of thing that Abdullah was in the game at the end uh, and after it was already pretty much decided. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is obviously you love to see this kind of usage from McCaffrey, even Without the touchdown, he still had a really good game. Yeah, I'm really interested in this game because it also is uh, Cam Newton's reunion with the Panthers, and he was he was like not awful in this game. I mean, he only you know he was only in for a little bit, but uh, I think the he was awful on both of. Okay, he was awful. <laughs> he was terrible, he, they, dude. Well, he only attempted four passes. Yeah, eight yards. Eight yards. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Like realistically, it was I terrible. Think... But but the Panthers scored on the first two drives yeah. that he was in for. I I I I think what really is interesting about having Cam back is how much he means to this team just as a person, right? Like like, and this is where you cannot quantify this stuff, but locker room presence is real. Yeah, you know, like being being a veteran leader, I'll tell you, is real. Like, yeah. uh, Cam is beloved by the organization, the fans, and the team. You know, I mean, like, I mean, like, like, like last, like last week, there were like images of like Robbie Anderson screaming at Darnold to get his head out of his butt, right? <laughs> and that's like kind of what he was saying to him. Yeah, you know, he's like all smiles today with like Cam, and. To be clear, Robbie's having an abysmal season. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know, and like, I think I I do think that this is psychologically kind of almost like a, like like a turning point for them. I think, which is interesting to say. PJ Walker also played better. I mean, like, yeah. I really think that um, that this like you know as, as cliche and narrative driven as it sounds it is going to be interesting to see like what the panthers look like now that they've decided to sunset sam donald right, right. um 
uh, I mean, the team has been floundering at quarterback. They decided they wanted to move on from Bridgewater. They did so. They paid up to get Darnold. Um, you know, they decided to pass on Justin Fields. Um, yeah. And, it, you know, a guy we were, we were talking about before the show started because Justin Fields is showing everything you want from a future NFL star. And, you know, it was very curious that they passed on him. So interested to see how the Panthers hold it all together going for, going going down. I mean, like, again, this is not – this was an easy win, right? Like, like let's get real. Like, the Cardinals did not come to play. Right? They, they, they threw out the same <laughs> team that, did, they, they, that beat the Niners, and they got completely curb stomped. Yeah. Right? Like, it just, it just brings to – Mm-hmm. Well, no, it doesn't help when your quarterback for part of the game is something called a Chris Streveler. Yeah, that's because something called a Colt McCoy wasn't doing particularly well. I think McCoy got hurt and Streveler well, came in, but still, I mean, it wasn't, it, neither of them were good. Yeah, um, but it's but it's just like this is the same team that like took the took the Niners to the woodshed last week, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, Carolina is a team where, you know, Darnold, Darnold is done in Carolina, basically. Uh, hey, his career Walker, might be done, poor guy. Yeah. P.J. Walker is terrible. Cam Newton is terrible, right? I mean, um, this is I mean, a team this, that this, even though... This even, version of Cam? Dude, this version of Cam is terrible. Yeah. Like, like, like I'm just really worried for the poor guy and his shoulder and... Right. So, like, this is a team that even in a weak quarterback class, you could see taking a guy like, um, who's the guy who's actually North Carolina's quarterback now? Is that Sam Howell? Yeah, Sam Howell. Like, is, like, Howell might be better than anyone who's currently on the Panthers roster already. Um, uh, they should, they should just, uh, <laughs> they should take Kenny Pickett. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, there are a lot of guys who who you can see this team thinking, well, I mean, this is an improvement. Yeah, we but I mean, ni- neither of those guys are as good as Fields. Well, right, maybe. At least in my but opinion. I mean, yeah. You know, like with the Lions, you have a lot of holes at wide receiver. You have a lot of, a lot of other problems to solve. Carolina looks like a team where you've got these weapons. You've got... McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Terrace Marshall Jr. might still be good. No, he's um, not. He's not good. Let's just stop that. Robbie Anderson is good. <laughs> Terrace Marshall is not good. Very well. Well, in any case, and they've also, you know, drafted a lot of defensive guys who look pretty good over the last few yeah. years. So it's like this is a team that just needs a quarterback and they could be competitive. Yeah, especially in I mean, especially in their division, because their division's kind of in the middle of rediscovering itself, right? Like mm-hmm. Uh, all of a sudden, like the Buccaneers look very, very mortal. Yeah, like they look yeah. very, very mortal. Yeah, we should talk about that game because that was interesting. I mean, it was always, I think, kind of a concern that Tampa Bay had so many injuries coming into this game. Godwin was questionable. He ended up playing, but um, you know, well, when... he ended up doing pretty well with his eight. He got eight targets. Leonard Fournette got nine. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, when well, I don't know. Tyler Johnson is someone who we really liked as a as a college player, and 
you know, now he's coming in and not being that good, which maybe wasn't a surprise after he decided to stay for his senior year. But I mean, when he is one of your starting wide receivers, that's uh that's a problem even for a Tom Brady team, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of this goes just on like what was where was Mike Evans? Right? Mm, yeah, like, like he seems to always come up really, really small in these very, very big moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Like, like, like this is like pretty much like no Gronk, no AB. Godwin's dealing with something. Like this sets up like a oh Mike Evans is gonna get eleven targets and turn it into like nine catches, one hundred and fifty-two yards, and a score. Right? Yeah, yeah. He did get the score, but only three targets. Uh, you w- would have expected a lot more when when Tampa Bay has so many guys hurt. So yeah, yeah, yeah that was that's puzzling. And he's, um, it was like this before the bye week too. Yeah, yeah. Now Washington's defense coming into the season was getting a lot of hype, and they haven't looked really that good. And I don't know how much of Tampa Bay's struggles we can actually say because of anything Washington did on defense. Um, I, I don't know, that man. Chase Young got hurt in this game and probably yeah. has torn his ACL. So that obviously changes up things. But after this game, well, I mean, I don't know. It's it's so hard to speculate on the quality of defensive units and whether Washington is the team we we want to try to avoid. Yeah, but I mean, there were a lot of injuries here. I mean, like the the turf really was. It was kind of. Um, it really was like the like the like uh, everything that people have said about FedEx Fields is turf. It kind mm-hmm. of just sort of came true, man. Right? Mm-hmm. Like like uh, we saw Chase Young tear his ACL. Like they've been like uh, just. Yeah, I mean, Ricky Seals Jones had to exit. Like I mean, I don't know. So, uh, speaking of torn ACLs, Robert Woods is out for the season. Yeah. Rams signed Odell Beckham, and it sounds like he's going to play on Monday. This is not a game that happened today, but I do want to get your thoughts on on um, Odell Beckham to the Rams. I mean, this is kind of it, right? Like, like if you if you, for some reason are still clinging to uh like if if Odell doesn't produce here then when right like uh we've seen high profile wide receivers change teams and just sort of pick up where they left off um Odell hasn't been the same guy he was early on he's changed teams and been worse mm-hmm. they just lost Robert Woods uh, you know, even if he if he's somehow behind, and it's okay if he's behind Ben Jefferson and stuff to start, but like you expect someone of the caliber of OBJ to overtake um, guys like Van Jefferson and Higby and everybody else, and sort of you know maybe take on more of that DJX role. But the issue was he wasn't happy with that DJX role when he was in Cleveland. Yeah. So, like, what like what's his call? Like, he wants to be more of a possession guy, but what's his calling card now? Um, yeah, I mean, like, if he's like gonna be not catching the football with, with you know, Matt Stafford throwing on the ball, like, what, like, w- if you're an OBJ defender, where do you go from there? 
right? Like, like honestly, like, like it's, it's a question I have for you. Like, what, do, like, what do you blame it on? Because you can't really blame it on changing teams anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 I think we're starting to build up some evidence that elite wide receivers are elite. Like, yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't matter who's throwing the football. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. Uh... Well, right. I mean, we saw DeAndre Hopkins change teams and. He was Stephon Diggs. He was great. Diggs changed teams. It was great. Um, Amari Cooper has been Amari able to Cooper. do it successfully. Um, yeah, for the most part, you know, the data seems to show that wide receivers changing teams get worse. Well, but but it's biased, of course, because wide receivers yeah. who are changing teams are wide receivers that the original team usually didn't want anymore because probably they are having some decline in skill and. Uh, Wide receivers changing teams tend not to be the the elite wide receivers that, you know, yeah, their you, teams you, want to pay a lot of money for. Yeah, you never of, see guys like OBJ traded, right? Like they like they're franchise cornerstones. Mm-hmm. It's 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 kind of why I'm starting to really worry a lot about Juju. Right? Like, yeah. like it might be a Juju specific issue. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like like he could be like that. OBJ ask had a very good first few seasons, and then that's it. Yeah, and especially coming off of injury now, um, that's yeah. never a good sign. So, yeah, and 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 the other guy who we probably haven't talked about yet, and we're still waiting on, is Will Fuller at Miami, um, uh, right? Because yeah. we haven't seen him much at all. But I think he played a little bit earlier this year, and he did pretty well in the one or two games. Uh, I can't remember if he actually ever even like played a full game. No, but, he did uh, not. He hasn't done anything. My God. Yeah. Okay. I remember. Yeah, he was like. I don't even want to. I'm gonna misremember it, so I don't want to say. No, but, there's um, like there's like rumors he's on the way out anyway, like that he's contemplating retirement. <laughs> yeah. Disappointing. Disappointing. Uh, career to be sure especially since when he was healthy he he looked great for the most part so mm-hmm. um, um a guy i did want to get your thoughts on here and speaking of you know injured injured knees and knee ligaments is it uh, i mean aaron jones had a really bad injury mm. uh they, they fear that he sprained his mcl mm-hmm. um and you know this is it's pretty much um AJ Dillon time, right? He's just got a sprained MCL. Who knows how long he's going to be out out there, you know, out for. Like AJ Dillon, now or never. I, I will admit, I am going to lose a matchup because I didn't start AJ Dillon. Okay. Uh, I started, I started, I think, Boston Scott and uh, Alice Collins. Yeah. I mean, I, I deserve that loss, you know. Like, <laughs> like, I mean, I earned Anytime that. Time you're starting Boston Scott and Alex Collins, you probably. Yeah, I think I left your life choices. Yeah, I left like thirty points on the on the bench. Just uh, yeah, I mean Dylan obviously has looked really good a lot of the time when he's been out there. He wasn't super efficient today, apart from the two touchdowns. But I think the one thing that's most surprising about, or maybe not even surprising, because we kind of we kind of have been saying this all along, um, but the Packers have been using him to catch passes like way more than he did at Boston college. Um, yeah. And that's something that we kind of suspected he might be 
good at. Like at Boston College, he didn't catch a lot of passes, but when he did, he was efficient with them. So it's like uh, a skill. Say the, the Melvin Gordon conundrum, right? Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of guys who are like this. I think Ladinian Tomlinson hardly caught passes in college. Um, I want to say Jamal Charles might have been that way too, but um, I'm not obviously Dylan is not that caliber of talent, maybe. But uh, no, no, G- I mean JC is like a different level, right? But <laughs> I do, I, I do know what you're saying. But Dylan might be better at catching passes than Derrick Henry, for instance, even though he's just as big and athletic. Yeah, that and that and that that makes sense, right? Like it's just one of those. Um, Things you know, I mean, and it's kind of why I call it the Melvin Gordon conundrum, if only because uh, people have it in their heads from like Gordon's rookie year, because Danny Woodhead was a pass catching guy, mm-hmm. and then it was Austin Eckler that 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 Melgo can't do it. But when those two guys sort of missed time, like they had no issues with checking down to Melgo. Right. Um, I mean, some offenses just don't prioritize a running back. Right. Nothing. Ain't nothing wrong. I mean, frankly, there's nothing wrong with it. It's kind of, should kind of be what you should be doing anyway. Um, you have yeah. high expected points throwing without the football down the field. Um, I did want to get your thoughts a little bit on 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 a possible fraud player in Cortland Sutton. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's only seen he's only seen three targets per game since Jerry in games that Jerry Judy plays. Yeah, and like Judy like out targets him by quite a bit. Is this like a quarterback issue? Because that would imply that it was also the same split. Well, I guess we don't have much of a split last year because he had the ACL issue. But is this like, like you know, is this like, what's his name? Um, Bridgewater just making sure that, you know, like Judy's his primary read? Like what, like what, like, or is it like Gordon Sutton might be a potential fraud? Like what, like what's the story? Um. Yeah, not... I mean, Bridgewater has never been a guy who's who's thrown it deep a lot. So it might be the sort of thing where when Judy, who's more of an underneath target, is there and he's getting open, then Bridgewater can find him. And when he's not there, he has to take more chances and throw it deep to Sutton, who's got more of that that deep role. Um, you know, I mean, it's just one game. Uh, although, let me look at Sutton's game log. Oh my God, yeah. that sadness, man! <laughs> yeah, so he sadness. hasn't had he hasn't had uh, more than five targets since. Uh, well, for the last four weeks, he hasn't had more than five targets. Yeah. Um, was Bridgewater the quarterback for all of those games? Though I don't think so. Um, I can't really remember, but. Yeah, I think uh, definitely it does appear that Sutton has taken a backseat to Judy, and that's kind of what we expected coming into this season. So it's not not a huge surprise for me, I think. Um, it's probably hard in this offense for both Judy and Sutton to have value on a week-to-week basis, although I think you'll still have some games where Sutton will catch a long touchdown and be the guy you wish you had played in DFS or something. I wonder if it. I, I wonder if next year Sutton reemerges as like the Cooper Cup kind of value in the early rounds. Hmm. Because he is yeah. coming. He is going to be a year off that ACL tear too, 
And if they upgrade a quarterback somehow, then like then you then then you're really kind of cooking, right? But like that's such a weird thing to say, considering Woods and Cup were going back to back. And yeah. when Cup was healthy, you really kind of wanted him anyway. Like there was a like a lot of there's a lot to suggest Woods was kind of dusted last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what's more likely to happen if they upgrade a quarterback is that you're gonna see Judy take another step forward and separate even more from Sutton. Um, because I mean he's the guy who's and number one, he's younger, he's probably better talent. Uh so it's just uh you know, this, if I'm looking at this, I'm kind of saying, is this the beginning of the end for Sutton? And I don't know if I'm ready to say, yeah, yeah for sure it is, but I'm definitely, I definitely have those questions. I am interested because it's like Tim Patrick has been like a thorn in everyone's side, but then also you're getting usage for both Noah Fan and Albert Owuk. Oh, I'm not going to say it, Albert O, right? <laughs> Because they both do steal, like they don't steal, like they like they take away a pretty significant chunk of the target share, and they do quite a lot with it. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing that it wasn't only that Sutton took a backseat to Judy; is that Sutton also didn't have as many targets as Patrick, or even as many Man. as uh, Melvin Gordon. So, yeah, that's that's where it gets really iffy. Mm. And and that's probably why we need to probably start watching Broncos games, right? Yeah, part of this I think probably is Bridgewater because he's not yeah gonna take those shots as often as another quarterback would. Although he's like the numbers actually show he's not a bad deep ball passer. No, he just doesn't he just doesn't do it often. No, um, he doesn't ha- he hasn't had to right. He doesn't or he doesn't yeah. want to for some odd reason. Um, I did want to go back to that Seattle Green Bay game because. Man, Russell Wilson looks bad. Did he have his finger amputated? What was happening? What was up with that? Yeah, man, I don't know. That was I don't know if he like, all the came targets came in like the last live on the last yeah. drive. I don't know, man. I mean, the one thing that like if I'm trying to take a positive away from this, Gerald Everett caught all eight of his targets for 63 yards. Yeah, so he might be emerging. Um, yeah, might be someone we got to get on waivers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in an FFPC league, if you are even a little bit tight end needy, or maybe even if you're not, because that's a pretty fragile position, I think Everett is is a top priority. Uh, oh man, we are. Yeah. We are because Mo, Mo Ali Cox has not has not banned out the way we thought he would. <laughs> yeah, what were, what exactly were we thinking? Um. I don't know, man. I, I'm gonna check and see if he's even available because I I know that these that these jackals love their tight ends. Oh, he is available. So I mean, it's just it's just the way to do it, right? Because like behind Lockett and Metcalf is really no one. Um, and I mean, honestly, at this point, it's kind of just behind Metcalf. There's no one. Um, oops. <clears throat> like like. Like uh, we we did see a, a handful of really big games from Lockett, but you know it was back to disappearing season again. I mean, this is like one of those games that you just sort of have to put on ice a little bit. If that makes sense, just because um, it, they just look so so bad. Uh, the, the you know Russ in his first game back, but man, I mean the Seahawks have just looked this bad in general. Like they would have gotten the same result had they trotted Geno Smith out there, right? Like, um. 
there's a real possibility Kyler returns next week uh, against against the the Seahawks. I really don't know if this team is ready to take that to take on the Cards or the Rams. Like they just like these guys have to figure it out quick because they're not making the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess you hope that this is just kind of a one week thing. Wilson's returning from injury. He's still not a hundred percent, and he'll be getting better you know, as the season keeps going on, but still, I mean, even a little bit better than what he was today is not good. So uh, you, you hope that he gets a lot better in a hurry if you're rostering any of these Seattle guys. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um... Uh, we talked, you mentioned uh, Indianapolis a bit. Uh, well, no, you mentioned Mo Ali Cox, who's been so bad, but yeah, then I thought about Indianapolis. Um, interesting game today. Jonathan Taylor was uh, yeah. a beast, as always, and he even led the team in targets. He only had 10 yards, 10 receiving yards. But, uh, I mean, you know. Yeah, Coleman you know, Sean Hines. took our bit. What's that? Coleman Sean took our bit. When we, they, like, we were ahead of the curve when we said CMC should have been the RB1 in Dynasty. Uh-huh. They were they were the ones who adjusted J- JT up as the RB one in Dynasty pretty quick. Yeah, uh, I can't remember the first time I did rankings Dynasty rankings this summer. I had Jonathan Taylor as the overall number one player, but then I was like, "Oh wait a second. Yeah, above CMC, I moved him right? Back down. It's 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 tough. Probably, it's tough, man. Yeah, you got to go against consensus a little bit, but when you do it. And the consensus is on a guy like CMC, then you're like, eh, maybe I'm. Maybe yeah, I guess. Yeah, like, like, like that's one where I just don't want to go against the wisdom of the crowds, man. Like, it's, it's, it's right. still CMC, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm, well, I mean, that's a question worth, worth talking about, right? I mean, next year, which of these guys would you rather have? If you were in a dynasty startup right now with the 101, would you still take CMC or would you take Taylor? No, I think I think you'd have to take Taylor, man. I mean, CMC had 10 targets today um without the, you know, he didn't get the touchdown and Taylor Taylor's eight targets are uh probably the most he's had all season, maybe the most he's had in his career, I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and look at that, but um I guess yeah. the question is, is this kind of role sustainable for Taylor or is it kind of an aberration? I think it's sustainable. The big play is not as much, but yeah, the volume definitely. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting team to have in Indianapolis. Yeah. Um, it's almost <laughs> like, uh, it's, it's almost like the Titans in a sense, right? Explain. Like you got you got your service of a veteran quarterback and Carson Palmer. You yes. have your you have your big dog running back in Jonathan Taylor. You have your I guess they weren't really known for pass catching running backs. Um Oh man, I was waiting for you to make a Michael Pittman, AJ Brown. Michael Pittman, AJ Brown. Yeah, you got like <laughs> you got like a you got like a and it, calling him a homeless man's version of AJ Brown is also almost too kind, but you, uh, that's kind of <laughs> what you got. 
with with uh, with Pittman, um, and then you know just a bunch of odds and ends. I mean, it's not like the Titans endured today without without a bunch of odds and ends. Something called Marcus Johnson went off. You know, six catches, mm-hmm. six targets, five wrecks, hundred yards. What is Marcus Johnson? Marcus Johnson is a a name that is vaguely familiar to me, but I don't have any uh, information at hand to give you about him. He is a football player who had 100 receiving yards today. <laughs> there is like... Oh, this is sad because we don't even have him in our like. Uh, we, we we never even wrote like a sleeper article on him. Really? Yeah. He probably. Let me pull up. Let I'm pulling see. up the prospect boxcar card. I'm sorry, this is really boring radio for everyone, but now I'm curious. But we've got him as our best sims. <laughs> uh, because I know that like I'm here. Men- ne- season. Right, <clears throat> right. Fifth season out of Texas. He was an early declare. Why weren't we on him? I think that probably he came out before a lot of our research on early declares was was widely known. Uh, I think the only people who I don't were think he ever broke out though. That could be it too. He was also a UDFA. Yeah. So I mean, like, there's some. I mean, and wide receiver, especially the UDFAs, who go on to have success, are pretty rare. Um, Man, yeah, uh, the 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 Sims for him is like a who's who of I've never heard of players. Yeah, so I mean, even like even though he wasn't early declare, like at that time, not many people were paying attention to that, and he didn't break out he didn't get draft capital so uh yeah it would have been hard to make a very serious case for him as a as a sleeper because he just didn't have a lot of you know he didn't have the profile really but what to say about that des fitzpatrick guy that like he couldn't <laughs> beat this guy out yeah yeah what's it say about a lot of these guys that are on the on the Titans roster. Well, but I mean, honestly, what does I mean, it say I mean, about us? What does it say <laughs> about us? Because we really like why do we know the names of like you know late round rookie wide receiver picks who have yet to do anything, including preseason? And we're and we're sitting here waiting for them. <laughs> <laughs> Truly no, a I don't know, yeah. This is, I mean, this is why we play. This is why, this is why you gotta love it, right? Yeah. I mean, well, it's a good question, but at the same time, like, what signals were there on Johnson, even coming into this week, besides the fact that, I mean, I don't know, yeah, Julio Jones might not play. Yeah. No. I, even then, you're 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 going you're, you're you know you're gravitating towards Westbrook Akeen. I can't pronounce his name. Or Chester right. Rogers, or even Joff Swim, or Michael Pruitt. Right. I mean, I want right. to look back at like some of the peripherals, but even nah. like we have guys writing up the routes run and all the advanced stats. And Marcus Johnson, uh, I just didn't read his name at all this week, so I don't think, I don't think he was popping in those. 
I don't think he was. I, do, think, I don't this, think he's doing much, if anything. Right. I think this is just kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, I, I mean, no, nah, no, I think I think you're right. It's it's a bit like it's like this was a bit of one of those out of nowhere games because Drakeon Smith also caught a touchdown. <laughs> right, like, um, like it, it just it just it it's been. It's been a, it's been a probably depending on who you are and how your teams look. It's probably been a frustrating couple of weeks in in the league, but it's been genuinely very fun. I think from an unpredictability standpoint and from a football fan standpoint, um, and we 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 probably got a little spoiled with all the offensive scoring that there was last year, right? Like, um, like this is kind of what football looks like. Hey, look, I'm, you know, I'm seeing, you know, Benjamin get a lot of carries over the last I couple am. weeks. I'm happy. I was, I was going to talk to you about that, right? Because like, James Conner was just supposed to take it and run. And I think we victory <laughs> lapped that a little too early. He saw a lot of work in the receiving game. So, like, how much are you taking away from the fact that this was uh, the Chris Traveler game? <sighs> yeah, it's tricky. This is just a weird game. I think... Uh... I mean, you know, next week they probably have Kyler back. They might have DeAndre Hopkins back as well. So things could look a lot different. If they're moving the ball more, then you probably see um probably see them run the ball a little more if they're if they're able to put up points, they probably use Connor more near the goal line and maybe Benjamin works in a little bit too. So um yeah, I would think that with with Kyler and Hopkins back next week, we'll see even more from the running backs. Um, but yeah, I'm not putting much stock in this game when you've got Colt McCoy and Chris Trevler at quarterback and no, no Hopkins. That's uh, you know, you can't really expect much from that sort of game. Um. I, I was curious. Were you nervous at all about Austin Eckler and like his kind of wacko role these days? Uh, it was pretty. Oh, sorry, not you know, not role production production. His production, yeah. I mean, I was optimistic on Eckler coming into the week. Um, so was I. I thought he. I thought he would. He would have a pretty good, a pretty good game. And I mean, he wasn't. You know. He wasn't good, but he did get six targets still. Um, he still had 11 carries, so it's going to look like a decent game from an opportunity standpoint, and I think mm-hmm. you just got to keep uh, keep plugging him in there, keep starting him, and eventually the efficiency is going to turn around because we, we know he's talented. We know he's good, and we know that uh, this offense can put up points, so... I guess the weirder thing about, well, not only this offense and their usage is how kind of, you know, Mike Williams at the beginning of the season was the focal point almost. Like there was, I think week five, he had 15 targets. And since then, he's probably had maybe five or less in every game. He had six today. Mm -hmm. Um, Keenan Allen had 11 targets. So... Yeah, I don't know. Is that shift away from Mike Williams at all a concern? Like uh, that kind of shift in offensive philosophy has kind of coincided maybe with this poor stretch from Eckler. 
I don't know what to make of that. That's a that's a good question. And honestly, I don't know because it's just back to Keenan. I mean, Eckler is still seeing volume. He's just yeah. not doing much with it, right? It's not like it's not like his volume is dried up. We're just seeing Keenan do a lot more. And I think this is probably has to do with the fact that Mike Williams might actually be injured. Or at least he's playing right. through something. Right. Um because Keenan, I mean, Keenan's just sort of back to that target hog status that he we didn't see from him to start the season. Um, kind right. of why you were drafting him where you were drafting him. Yeah, so Mike Williams, he had six today, and then the three games before that, five, five, five in every game. And those are also games in which, you know, have to add it up, but Minnesota, I mean, not Minnesota. Los Angeles is one in three. No. Yeah. One in three over yep. the last four games, including yeah, a really bad loss at Baltimore. So I don't know. Does, does Mike Williams help this team win in ways that would benefit Eckler? Probably. And uh, I think you're probably right about him dealing with some injury, but. Yeah. But, but also I just think that they, I don't know, man, I'm not going to say that they wasted time or, or whatever. Like they just, they just felt like their defense kept coming up small against the Vikes. Yeah. Right, and that's and that's where it gets interesting because this is supposed to be a good defense theoretically on paper it is, yeah. But then, but then they just cannot like they can't buy a stop. So they have allowed at least twenty seven points in every game since week three. The Chargers. Oh, so maybe they're not that good. Uh, I was about to ask you about a potential fraud player in Brian Edwards, but he just scored a long touchdown. Um, um, I still think he's a fraudulent. Um, <laughs> you know, one highlight play on 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 an island game does not a star 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 player make. Yeah. But um, I had the under on his receiving yards, and that then that killed it. So yeah, bummer. Yeah, I mean, he's someone who, you know, I think he was pretty popular as a prospect on Twitter and someone that we kind of were more skeptical of since he is actually a late breakout and uh, did not declare early. And and for most of his NFL career, he has not looked that good. Although I remember in their game against Baltimore, he made some big plays um, and... Sounds like he's making some big plays now. I thought, after, yeah, he's ruining uh, my bankroll. Yeah, right. I thought that after Rugs was released, that he would probably have an opportunity to to get some more targets and to uh, make more of these big plays. And so maybe we'll we'll still see that come to fruition. I'm not ready to to say I was wrong on him, you know, <laughs> yet. But I've been no wrong man. I mean, yeah, we've been wrong before, but at the same time, like if it's like one big play every like five games, is it really like uh was he really <laughs> worth like the kind of adulation he was getting on Twitter? Yeah, right. Right. I don't think so, you know. Right. All right. On that note, I think we'll call it a night. Um so yeah, no guest tonight, but it was a, a good conversation, I thought. Anyway, any uh any final words before we get out of here? No, none. If you guys really did enjoy this format, please tweet at us uh, at Am I the Real Blair and at HR5010 and let us know. Um, you know, we're trying to fill up the 
we're going to have a calendar with some guests. But if you did enjoy just listening to us banter about, uh, let us know and we can try to do another one of these before the season's out. For sure. And uh, also remember to uh, subscribe and like the video and rate us on iTunes and everything that you're supposed to do for podcasts slash live streams that you uh, enjoy (laughs) watching and listening to. Yeah, or download us on Spotify. There you go. That's what it is. All right. Well, for Hassan Rahim, I'm Blair Andrews. Thanks for tuning in. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.